We might be freaks, but we know our mother from can be. This is IS23 coming back again with another podcast episode. And this time, I thought I'm going to investigate with a good friend of mine a very interesting topic, and that's gaming x raving. And is this a match made in heaven? So today I have my California buddy. His name is Kid Benji. He never appeared in the podcast before. Hey, Kid Benji. Yo, what's good, man? Glad to be here. You're great. Thank you for for coming. And uh, me and Kid Benji, we have quite a uh, we, we share quite a few interests together, and we're gonna come to those things uh, possibly in his podcast, and hopefully he'll be back in my podcast again. But uh, what uh, Kid Benji did um, the other day when we were chatting, he brought to me. Um, to my attention that Ninja uh, who is a player of, of a crappy video game called <laughs> Fortnite yeah. I know I'm triggering loads of you out there <laughs> I hate that game um, he, he brought out an album and that was released on the 14th of December and the album is called Ninja Works and it has it's called Ninja Works Volume 1 and it has 13 tracks in there and it's very interesting who participates there. So the first track is um, a collaboration between Blau and Ninja. Then you have Tiesto, you have Alesso, you have GTA, Tycho, Artie, Cray, Cascade, and even Dylan Francis. So quite, quite, quite a few names there. Uh, do you, uh, Benji, Kid Benji, do you want to talk to me about this guy Ninja and this shitty game Fortnite? <laughs> yeah, uh, so Ninja himself, obviously is what I guess the mainstream would consider like the biggest gamer uh, in the world right now. As much as people don't want him to be, he he is. And you can't deny his influence that he has uh, pretty much on in the world of the mainstream and gaming as a whole. So for him to go and produce a track like this is actually pretty incredible because he didn't have to do something like this. Um, albeit he was met with a lot of scrutiny because they were like, oh, you trying to be a, an artist now? Like, you, you think you're cool enough to make music? And that wasn't his intention. He just wanted to give people a platform to show their work and uh, honestly expose people to a lot, a lot of people who not only are well known, but may not be as known as some of these other names. So it was actually pretty impressive that he got who he has on this uh, on this piece. Mm hmm. And he also gave an interview recently, didn't he, about it? Yeah, yeah, I definitely. And uh, what he said. Yeah, he said, uh, I'm stoked about this project. First, because I truly love music, but also because I think this is another big step towards bridging the gap between music artists and gamers. And that is most definitely true. And he will probably be the one to be a big part in that merging between the two. Hmm. And he also says our worlds keep getting more and more connected and this feels like the next step. Hopefully this can become the soundtrack to gaming. I think that's important to know. He also says it's also amazing to partner with Astral Works and Capital Music Group because they bring so much credibility to the album. I mean, come on, get your ears ready. Um, so, yes, I mean, I, I do know the guy, obviously. I, I just don't like the game. I hate the game. I wish he was playing PUBG. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Astral Works sure. is... Uh, is a um, company, a label actually, that I clocked back in mid-90s, back when there weren't many Californian uh, labels or at least on the West Coast that dealt with electronic dance music. And they were releasing a lot of trip-hop 
ambient and kind of early trance tracks and yeah it was it was fairly significant actually and it had quite a lot of uh, people in the in the roster and released quite a lot of people like the chemical brothers so it brought this sort of um, uk based music into the west western us or american crowd swedish house mafia halsey porter robinson eric Pritz, fatboy slim and then they disappeared and this year i was as i was browsing through new music i saw them again i thought that that's fairly interesting but I wasn't aware of that uh, release, which is very recent, as I said, it's, uh, uh, it came out on the 14th of December, but was announced a little bit earlier. So, uh, my, what I want to discuss now is whether we think, or you think, there's a timely significance to all of this, or is this a one-off? So have there been any previous work about it, or is Ninja really a pioneer? In my opinion, looking back, I don't think he's a pioneer, because there's other people who have done this, and, and there's three names that come to mind straight away, like Peter Rob, uh, Porter Robinson, Dead Mouse, as well as more recently Marshmallow. Do you want to talk about Porter Robinson? He's um, kind of uh, messing about with uh, with video games. Yeah, definitely. So uh, Porter Robinson, which obviously most of you know, has always expressed that one of his dearest passions is video games itself. He loves MMORPGs, that type of landscape. Uh, really influences and attributes to his styles uh, that he when he's creating his music and he's even being quoted saying I'm more interested in creating some kind of long-form media to surround the music that I would have written anyway so maybe some kind of animation to accompany it accompany it I mean these projects that I've started in the past and they didn't turn out how I wanted them to so I shelved them but I want to do something like that eventually so we know that he's already done stuff with you know do doing anime type of music videos surrounding his music so at this point we're kind of really just waiting for him to do something where he completely imp implements himself into a game um, where his music was more or less probably the centerfold and he has done stuff to um, show his his joy of games that feature music like Death Sense Revolution and games like Beat Mania as well yeah yeah and and I think when when uh, if you listen to his virtual self uh, Monica that he brought in 2018 there's definitely an influence there of fast music that you could find or listen to in Dance Dance Revolution so he did bring this sort of uh, music from from video games into uh, his uh, latest releases and productions and he's obviously interested uh, or influenced by Japanese pop culture isn't he Oh yeah, most, most definitely. Even at his sets, he uses a lot of uh, visuals um, from different anime, as well as, um, more specifically, there's a game called, I think it's uh, Blaze Blue, and it's a fighting game, and it's done in a 2D anime-style um, side-scroller, where, where it's, like, it's just a 1v1 fighting game, and he uses some of the characters from that fighting game uh, in his set. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I didn't know that. So yeah, definitely um, Porter Robinson is one that has started the trend perhaps, but uh, also we do have Dead Mouse, so Dead Mouse, bigger than life personality, back in 2016. He gives an interview with Rolling Stone uh, talking about how he loves uh, playing video games. He says, I'm no coach, I'm no pro myself, I love watching professionals play more than I love sitting there 20 hours a day trying to be a pro myself. Uh, but uh, he is known to stream video games as well as making music obviously on the side uh, with Call of Duty Black Ops 3 and not just that uh, 
he, so when when you ask him how did he come about he gives quite a um, an explanation that would apply to a lot of people and definitely to me I think we probably are in the same age group with him uh, so he says you know what in terms of sound yeah absolutely the first video games that I ever played didn't even have soundtracks it was a bunch of bleeps and bloops and then as the technology evolved we started hearing soundtracks to early NES titles and Super Nintendo titles I was actually really taken by the, if you will, soundtrack for Castlevania and Super Castlevania for Super Nintendo. I was, holy shit, these are cool songs. So you can see how the bleeps and blobs and all the 8-bit sounds kind of get transformed, influenced uh, music producers like Dead Mouse and later on, as we said, um, um, Porter Robinson. He has made lots of cameo stuff or he has donated or allowed his music to be played in video games like DJ Hero 2, Ghost Stimulator, Family Guy, Nonstop Nights, uh, as well as Dota 2, Grand Theft Auto. They all have features, either cameo appearances or his music. Even looking at some older releases in Golden Eye 007, I didn't know that because when I played it in N64, it didn't have any Dead Mouse there. But um, I think he's taking to the next level. And so he gave an interview recently uh, saying that he is planning to make a LAN, LAN gaming center, believe it or not. Insane. I insane, isn't it? Yeah. So the that guy is obviously an entrepreneur and he's trying to get to the next uh, level. So this proposed space will be around 10,000 square feet, will feature around 100 game stations in addition to spaces for game consoles. He calls the console people peasants because he's yeah. PC master race <laughs> of course and food areas like grills grill and lounge so he says that's what GG is for grills grill and lounge <laughs> plus we'll install a few console and monitors there so even the dirty console peasants can wallow in the glorious PC master race's presence <laughs> that's that's crazy isn't it yeah and, and it's even um, for him to even consider doing this uh, most business people would consider insane with the failure of a lot of these um, like gaming cafes, especially in America, they're not really prevalent. Uh, and they kind of fell out of favor within the last 20, 30 years. So maybe he's creating something that is probably what would be more required, which is a larger space with a lot more in it and backed by someone yeah. who has a very big presence. So I'm, I'm super excited to see where this, where this ends up. Yeah, so we need to, um, you know, be uh, aware of what's what's coming up but also you know the the well-known superhero called marshmallow he has done some things with ninja hasn't he do you want to talk about them yes he has uh he was able to participate with ninja in e3's uh pro uh pro-am fortnite tournament and mm -hmm. it was in it was in interesting to see that not only has marshmallow because marshmallow has been all over the place recently doing a bunch of collaborations yeah. that have put him into the mainstream and so him yeah. collaborating with ninja just put him but put him that much more over the edge and this was coming off the back of when ninja was at his peak in popularity so for him to to because i think i think uh obviously he probably got to have some say in who his partner was so for him to gravitate more towards a dj and edm dj is is crazy because you could have picked any of these numerous celebrities which people would have considered a-list celebrities and maybe even more star power than marshmallow himself uh 
yes. he decides to play with with Marshmallow, who's an EDM DJ who only in recent years has he really started to shoot up in popularity and this just shows where not only ninja himself but a lot of other people are going to start trending towards which is more of these edm djs having more of a spotlight and not only uh, gaming but the mainstream as well hmm. Hmm. i mean i without having researched that i would definitely think that ninja and fortnite are more popular than marshmallow and edm if that makes sense so i don't know who's who is gaining an advantage here from such a collaboration or possibly there's a mutual advantage i would i would say oh yeah most most definitely um especially with mm-hmm. how much uh, a lot of these and because i mean to be quite honest it's it's a lot of kids that play fortnite and yeah. usually when they like hook onto something they repeatedly watch it or do that same thing over and over and over again coming from working mm-hmm. in a in a school myself so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these kids, when they found out who Marshmallow was, they immediately looked them up and they're just playing his music over and over again while they play Fortnite. So that, 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 that definitely a viable sense. scenario. It makes sense. Plus the demographic, I think, it would fit because uh, Marshmallow, he plays more, how can I say, maybe teenage-friendly uh, music. Rather, you know, it's always very happy, very upbeat always, and that would definitely fit with the demographic that plays Fortnite, isn't it? Oh yeah. Um, most out of interest, was he any good in in that? Perhaps I digress a bit from the topic, but was he any good in in the game? From, from what I heard, he was he was all right, but but Ninja definitely definitely carried him down. <laughs> Obviously, and talking about collabs, uh, can I mention here a better game? Okay, yes. an actual <laughs> game, shooting game called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds or PUBG, and. Back in summer, PUBG invited Dead Mouse back again with Dead Mouse to to play uh, the the game, and they had none other but Shroud. I don't know if you guys know who Shroud is, but he is a very very good uh, player uh, of uh, first person person shooters, and he has been playing PUBG for some time now. He quit PUBG, I think now, but uh, that was that was very interesting to see. Shroud even went into um, Dead Mouse's car and they went into his studio and it was a very interesting collaboration to kind of bring those two worlds together. So loads of things are happening in 2018, right? Yeah, most. I think the most savvy, yeah, the most um, savvy move that happened is between another game and and a record label. So people may know Rocket League as well as Monster Core Records. So Rocket League is a for people who don't play video games, it's. It's a weird game. It's like a football game, but you use cars. <laughs> oh my god! You, you, to... you said football, and I was like, "Wait, no, it's soccer." But wait, that's not, that's oh, how you guys say sorry. it over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a football forward slash soccer game that instead of using humans to kick a ball around, you actually use a car, and it's pretty hard to play. I do know that Deadmau5 was also streaming this like a year ago, but. What is interesting is the involvement of Monsterka Records. Do, do you know? Are you familiar with Monsterka Records? Yes, most definitely. Uh, funny enough, they were one of the first music channels that I noticed on the website Twitch. They were mm-hmm. definitely pioneers when it came to because because before on on Twitch itself, the music and entertainment section was pretty much dead, and Monster Cat was probably one of the only ones that would pull any type of numbers uh, in that section. So. Uh, yeah, they they were definitely ahead of most people when it came to that to to that area where gaming um, 
was where they were trying to get into a space where where not only they had the streaming area but the gaming area as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, as as you say, I'm I'm watching usually some streaming on Mixer, and there is a category called music, and you open then this Mastercard 24/7 displaying yeah. so when i thought when i saw that you know it's very easy for people who are into gaming just listen to that particular music and and you know they bring good quality music as well as popular music uh and i i, I read an interview basically with uh, mastercats head of gaming gaming uh, gavin johnson who says i met Josh, uh, Josh Watson, esports operations manager of Sionic, Sionic being the label, um, the developers for Rocket League, at one of our Mastercard gaming-driven events during E3 of 2016. So it already shows how ahead Mastercard was because they were participating in gaming events in 2016 in the E3 event in the summer. So it says, shortly after Josh introduced me to the audio director, Mike Ault, as he had a vision for how he wanted to approach music in Rocket League, which mirrored that of our ethos with Monstercat. During our first call, it was clear that we shared the same desire to build new platforms for exhibiting artists to be on and grow. So they're talking about this mutual um, benefit, don't they? Yes, most definitely. And and it's, it's 100% going to be good for both parties because with Rocket League, um, from the get-go, they definitely put their aesthetic on like this futuristic, uh, very electronic type of vibe, um, just by like the visuals in the game. So to have EDM yes. music, it's it's definitely a like no-brainer. And for Monster Cat to have no- realized that early on and jump on it, that's just that's just smart on their part. Yeah, it's very smart, and we're going to discuss touch upon this a bit later on. Uh, so that definitely makes it one of the big 2018 trends, right? Yep. I'm just wondering whether technology itself has always had a lot to play with with this uh, cross-pollination or coming together of these two quite different social cultures. So if you think gaming is a very kind of home-based activity, raving is a going-out activity. So they're not uh, the kind of miles apart, but then they are coming together. And I wonder whether streaming has anything to do with that what do you think about that yeah most definitely uh when it comes to streaming and especially within this past year there's a section called irl or now it's referred to as either just chatting or they split the category up into a bunch of different subcategories but essentially what it is is Mm -hmm. that you watch other people go out around the world and do experiences and what what myself and a lot of people online have noticed is that they like watching these streams because it allows them to kind of experience it along with a bunch of other people even though they aren't actually there and from what it looks like that's kind of like a good way to introduce people into raving and it makes them uh, less anxious about going out and going to shows because they see how it is first and if they like it they can then make the choice to go out and go out there and experience it or just stay home and watch it but either way they're being exposed to the music thus giving the person who's performing um, a platform and being able to benefit it benefit from it whether or not the person attends yeah and and i mean everybody knows that festivals like ultra in miami as well as tomorrowland they became big because they capitalized on youtube's ability to live stream or in the later years maybe after 2016 or 17 to live stream but initially they were making lots of the dj sets they were putting them out there and made a uh, a podcast only for that uh, issue with Tomorrowland using YouTube. So, technology 
whether that's streaming or whether it is YouTube and video content uploading has a lot of to do with this coming together of these two cultures. Um, I was thinking about whether there was any older examples from back in the days, you know, before the whole EDM boom. And, uh, for example, when you go back in 1988, people, wow. uh, and you listen to a, a, a song or a track called Stack a Humanoid, you will see that the video clip was very futuristic and advanced for its time. We're talking 1988. It's worth actually watching that and see. Um, okay, it wasn't a video game, but it featured a lot of fast-paced, fast-paced computer graphics and animation. So you could see how how a head stack a humanoid, where which were basically future sound of London, as they were later known. How advanced they were of their time and how they thought to bring the animations together with the music uh, as a natural uh, video clip rather than use an actor for example going out or something silly like that so they, they used that perhaps it was the cheapest option and also when you were going out in raves in the 90s and you'd go in a chill out area and I'm thinking of Megatripolis here in 93 in London and even earlier than that you go to chill out areas and people will have video games uh, there to play I remember going into a uh, uh, it was a 360 machine where you basically could roam around 360 degrees in one of those raves. I almost, I almost felt like I was dying there. I think I played one afterburner. I think it must have been afterburner. And um, so yeah, in the chill out areas you could do that. Plus they had very prototype, early prototype VR machines with 3D vectors. So there was, you know, people who listened to dance music even back then. We're talking like 90s, early 90s and mid 90s. They were into technology and video games, definitely. And also, uh, to mind comes the old X-Mix series. So, for those who don't know, X-Mix was a, a series of, of CDs, mixed CDs, between, I would say, 93 to 97. They must have brought about six or seven volumes with well-known DJs like Laurent Garnier, Hardfloor. And what they used again as a background, they would come in a VHS tape and they would have all this animation and computer generated graphics fast paced so they would go with, with the flow of the music, very kind of similar to Stack a Humanoids video clip. So the, there is this sort of past um, engagement between those two cultures. And uh, can you think of any earlier than the examples we mentioned uh, uh, on the previous uh, section? Yeah, definitely. Um, so fast forwarding a little bit <laughs> um, yeah. from that era, we actually had early on uh, League of Legends. They uh, released mm -hmm. a certain skin called DJ Sona. And what was really cool is that not only did they was it like an EDM based skin, but they actually used EDM artists help in the creation of the skin. So the character uses sound uh, to cast their abilities and they are able to switch between different auras that play music. So when it came to the skin, they introduced the likes of Pretty Lights, Data Life, the Crystal Method, and Bass Nectar to help mm -hmm. curate her sound. So when you play her in game, you're actually listening to EDM DJs that actually worked on on her abilities, um, style, and look. So very cool that's crazy yeah very cool nod to <laughs> the the culture also you also have people who like steve aoki who actually mm -hmm. bought steak 
and esports teams um, most notably esport powerhouse rogue he put money into it they're an Las Vegas based, of course, Steve Aoki, Las Vegas based uh, esports team, and they have their hands in a bunch of different types of esports. But it just shows how not only are they, you know, in the game itself influencing it, but they're also owning the competitive side uh, too by helping bringing it more and more up into where it's like more of a respected type of thing people can do. And beyond even just that you have the game which most people probably know overwatch with their yes. character named lucio or dj lucio like people would refer refer to him as and he is a, a he's pretty much a dj entirely based on an edm sound so it's 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 clear the 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 crossover between uh edm and gaming is it's so intertwined that they're just yes. becoming the center point of the game uh like even characters even the even beyond just like games that are centered around like dj hero uh you have even professional uh, competitive games making heroes just solely based on edm so it's always super yes, cool to yes, see I stuff mean, like that D dj heroes is a primary example of that isn't it now uh just to bring it a little bit to the future perhaps do you believe that uh, EDC Las Vegas is an amazing festival that everybody should experience? One hundred and thousand bajillion percent, yes. Oh man, I love you for that. EDC is life, isn't it? Yes, it it's is. Home. So, Insomniac is the company. Well, we know Pasquale Rotella is behind it, who has, who is basically producing these events. Not just EDC, but a lot of events right now, and I think it's probably the only one which is remaining in the U.S. And guess what? They're doing a whole festival next year called Play about video games and music. That's gonna be so sick. I, I when I first, when you sent me that, because I did not know this existed before, um, mm -hmm. just like a couple of days ago. But when you sent me that, I was like, no freaking way! Like I am, like I immediately was like, okay, I have to go to this thing. Like this sounds like, yeah, obviously the perfect thing that I, I need to attend. It, it, it's just such a great idea, and I'm glad they're doing something like this. Yeah, so the press release basically says Play Festival bridges the gap between music and gaming by intertwining the worlds of music, art, esports, virtual reality, and cosplay. Now, me and you, we yes. have another common interest. We can <laughs> uh, explore this on a different podcast. To create an unparalleled event for both casual and professional gamers, music enthusiasts, and even <coughs> non-gamers. Activations uh, at the festival will include laser tag, drone racing, gaming tracks, virtual reality vendors, interactive art, hypnotic installation and more. Last year in the ADC Las Vegas event, they had a, a, um, quite a few virtual reality headsets, but unfortunately you had to wait for a long time. I didn't want to miss any sets, so I never actually, you know, I went there and I said, oh, we're setting it up and okay, I said, whatever, so I had to go. <laughs> but yes, there's, the, there's this thing happening, isn't it? And, so Pasquale Rotella, he's talking about this Paul Campbell, who's the co-founder of the Play Festival. So he says, Paul is an entrepreneur with a strong vision and his passion for this project is inspiring. There are so many similarities between the gaming and dance music communities from their inclusive nature to their passion for total creative immersion. Play Festival is an opportunity to connect these two colorful worlds and build an event that's exciting, authentic and inspires a new generation of fans. So you see, everybody's looking to the future and they, they can see market opportunities there. And 
perhaps this is because the demographics or the lifestyles of gamers and clubbers they could be almost the same and therefore this is what brings market opportunities would you agree with that and i think mastercard um, is brought back to mind with if you uh, read on a recent interview they've done oh yeah uh, 100% i mean <clears throat> if it wasn't apparent before it's definitely obvious now especially as um, gaming heads more and more into the mainstream uh, even more so than mm -hmm. it already is uh, EDM is going to be not far behind uh, the the two basically operate in tandem with one another and we're just yes. going to get more and more creative releases uh, in regards to like what people can think up of when it when you when you cross these two areas together and the people that seem to enjoy one more likely like I would say nine times out of ten they usually enjoy the other yes yes so uh, in the interview of uh, rocket league the rocket league boss he was saying and i quote rocket league is looking to be a game with a truly long lifespan i think that's important and then he says this creates a dynamic and more impactful experience for rocket league's community talking about bringing the music and also mastercat uh, the mastercat guy says the relationship here is unique and that it has a dual focus our goal isn't just to find music that fits rocket league as a game but also to create music that our fans might want to discover so uh, i think gaming has a lot to gain from capitalizing in the current um character of of music so you know to build a game you you need to work for several years and then you have an installed product uh, with with a soundtrack on the background and you can't do anything about it anymore however music well releases tracks every other day so if you bring those two together uh, then you have what he says about a dynamic and uh, impactful experience and and also it will keep people a little bit more interested because uh, when, when I think uh, about where did I listen first of gaming with dance music, I'm just thinking Forza Horizon in the original X360 and the soundtrack to that was sick. It had Skrillexter and it had uh, the language by Porter Robinson, so this is the first time I clocked Porter Robinson back then. So you can see, you know, things have started very, very slowly throughout the years and then they start accelerating after 2012, perhaps with Forza Horizon and now with other companies. I found, and I want to quote here, a blog by a Danish guy, it says, Gamers and Ravers, the amazing similarities between the two worlds, and I wanted to touch base on a few. He, he uh, articulated very, very well the similarities between those cultures, and I want to touch base and perhaps you give me your opinion, Kid Benji. So he says both cultures emerged in the 80s, so no uh, dispute there. Oh yeah, no, not uh, yet, clearly. Yeah. Both cultures are obsessed with technology. Definitely can be said for gaming, 100%, um, since it's, mm. it's, it's, it's how it exists. Um, yes, and, and, and also, you know, to know, in order to make music, well, you have to keep up with technology, right? So we know how software like Ableton Live has opened up quite uh, a, a world to how DJs produce music or they bring it to a live environment. So before Ableton Live in, in the early 2000s, you know, it was very hard to do live shows the way they're done now. I'm not saying they weren't done. Both cultures are misunderstood by the mass media. Yeah, yeah, most uh, most definitely. Uh, people think video games cause you to murder people and people think raving turns you into a drug, drug addict. So 
yeah yes yes exactly so they can both feel that you know people are understood because the both um, both cultures are marginalized I guess both cultures have a strict divide between the casual and the hardcore um it's um not not as much as that used to be I mean it's still there but it's definitely starting to blend more and more yeah I mean this this was uh, written in 2016 this blog so perhaps as you say it has kind of bled. Uh, both cultures have a problem with getting popular? At the time this was written, yes. Now, um, no. Uh, no. Yeah, I would say it's, it's harder yeah. for EDM, but um, gaming definitely, the, there is no issue with it. Like, they, the, they, they already on, got Drake yeah. to be on Fortnite, and they have some insanely huge names playing that game. Yeah, on the other hand, though, when I listen, so when I read some comments in online forums or YouTube videos, and everybody says, well, you know, Call of Duty was the shit back then, but now it's gone, or, or Fallout, you know, was the shit back then, but now it's, it's gone. So we all like to, as humans, to be, uh, you know, that we know the latest exclusive, and we're in the know, and we're in a secret club, and once it becomes popular, it's like shit, and we want to go away and then just find the next underground thing there is i'm saying there is this group of people and i'm certainly a little bit part of that where i just like to identify first the next big trend when nobody knows about it say how huge it is and then just ditch it out for example if you go to edc and you ask people from california you say to them uh, okay so where was uh, what was your best edc and they all say before uh, when it was in LA before it came to Vegas, why? Because it was exclusive to them back then. Whereas I think in Vegas yeah. it opened up. Oh, so yeah, I would say I would say there there is a uh, truth. There. Both cultures have magical places that are difficult to reach and require certain skills to get to. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's it's uh, definitely a description of when you play a game itself, uh, especially in a virtual space. You know, you you need some skill to reach a certain level and um, the same could be said for uh, EDM as well you know what I mean like you have to have the ability to produce and create music um, before you can ever get to that top echelon of uh, DJs in the world you know what I mean same, same with gaming mm. but when it comes even to clubs you have this club in Germany called Bergen which is like a techno maker and it is notoriously hard to get in, okay? And when you get in, they don't even allow pictures, so nobody knows how it is in there unless you've actually been there, and I haven't been there myself. Uh, and, and they turn down they turn down so many people, so you could be waiting for five hours in the queue to get in, and they just turn you out and say, no, you're not coming in. What? The bounces. That's crazy. Yeah. So, you see, they, there are magical places, and I think Bergen is on my list, and I don't know if I'll ever make it there. Both cultures like to stay awake for a long time. Oh, a thousand percent, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a given. Game, yeah, gamers stay up and so do clubbers or ravers. Both cultures have an obsession with magic potions. Uh, yep, yep, that is definitely true. We do like to partake in our magical potion experiences, definitely in and out of game. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you play RPGs, yeah, there's loads of magic potions to heal you under. Yeah, you can even take Both cultures... Sorry? Oh, uh, no, I was going to say, you can even take a magic potion out of game and then play it yourself drinking a magic potion in game. 
interesting experience, you know. Okay, I never thought about it. Okay. <laughs> um, both cultures are enjoying a retro moment. Well, that's 2016. He may, he may be still a little bit relevant to today. Yeah, a, a bit, a bit. Maybe not so much as as it was back then, but mm-hmm. I would say it's still there. Yeah, people still love the retro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, trying to wrap up the whole topic now, because I think we exhausted it. Do you think we should be excited about all this and why? Yeah, um, like, like like we were discussing earlier, I think 2019 is really going to be the year where uh, EDM and gaming in general are going to very much so come together probably more than ever before because I don't know if you've heard of Article 13, but essentially what it is, any website that hosts any type of creative content, they'll be responsible for any copywritten material that gets put onto their website, regardless uh, mm-hmm. if it was in- intentional or not. So that puts a lot, a lot of liability on the company. And historically, music has been one of the center points in that because it's really easy for music to end up in a video by accident. And then that company can copyright claim that video itself. And that's even more prevalent, especially with streaming on Twitch, considering a lot of these people are playing games for 8 to 12 hours a day. So obviously they like to listen to, you know, a little bit of music and a lot of the music that they play is copyrighted music. So recently some streamers have been hit with bans when it comes to playing a lot of these popular tracks for their large audiences. So what's the solution to that? It's music that doesn't have copyright on it or music that is allowed to be streamed to mass audiences and that's where monster cat and even even conglomerates like ncs no copyright sounds where they provide a lot of these tracks for streamers and youtubers to play without any fear of getting hit with any type of copy strike or or sorry yeah copy copyright claim or any type of strike on their channels so just that alone is really gonna probably propel a lot of these groups like monster cat and ncs um to the forefront um and gaming is going to be a right along there with it yes um well it looks like from what you're telling me uh, you're absolutely right actually monster cat are well ahead of of the game aren't they but it looks to me that probably the gaming has more to benefit from this collaboration than than the dance music community i don't know this is this is my impression I'm talking about communities now, I'm not talking about individuals. Uh, yes, on an individual level, uh, it looks like DJs can, can take audience from, from the gaming community, but uh, as a community, perhaps more gaming may have to gain more by this collaboration. What I really wouldn't want to see, to tell you the truth, is I wouldn't want to see any streamer, any popular streamer like Ninja, coming out as a DJ uh, in a in a festival in 2019 or 2020 because I would be really angry at all those DJs who are struggling you know really talented guys who uh, are struggling to make it into the scene and then somebody with a popularity like Ninja coming in and you know pretend that he knows how to mix or even I'm thinking of Dr. Disrespect here yeah. imagine if you would have the main stage that'd be perfect I mean I know that I, well, I know that'd be fun, but it would also piss off uh, a few people. So, as a community, uh, I hope that the dance mu- music community, not individuals, will have something to gain from this cross-pollination, as I was saying. Yeah, yeah. And Finally. Yeah, that, that'd be Yeah, cool. go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, um, like when you said about having a big streamer come out on stage, I, I, th- I think that would definitely be the way to go. Because when I went to EDC, which was in 2016... And they had uh, DJ Khalid, 
come out and do oh yeah my god yeah the controversy man oh my god because I, I, I was there and i was just laughing the whole time because i was like man this is terrible this is terrible man i would rather I have someone other than this guy and nobody wanted him there that was like probably the funniest part so they're definitely something we the to best be yeah we the best music man. <laughs> we the best music that doesn't know how to sound check all our stuff before i get there yeah that's that's <laughs> <laughs> basically what it was oh, man you bring up memories. Um, finally, final point. Which game or game series <coughs> would you like to see collaborating and with who? I'm going to tell my um, preference or what came to my mind. And uh, this is a call to the listeners or viewers to bring out suggestions. So I don't know if people know John Hopkins. He's an electronica ambient artist. He brought out an album called Singularity in 2018, which is very, very well thought of and had a lot of good critiques. It's not pure dance music, but if you like electronica and ambient, definitely, definitely do check out. It's one of the 2018's highlights. I've recently started playing a game which has been out for a while in my console and Xbox uh, called Elite Dangerous. It's a space fly stimulation simulation game and you travel through open space and it does have ambient sounds and i thought man you know if i could play john hopkins or he makes the soundtrack for this game i'd be completely lost so this is my collaboration my suggested collaboration how about you uh yeah so for mine um i would really want like they, they've already done so much for it in the past like i've mentioned before earlier but i would really want league of legends to have a, a, a DJ as like the centerpiece for their world championship. So every year when League uh-huh. does their grand finals, well, which is called Worlds, yeah. um, they usually create a song that is kind of the theme, well, essentially theme song for that year's Worlds, right? And for the year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so every song that usually appears in on that stage gets played a billion times over. So in the beginning, it was uh, Imagine Dragons, that they they did a song and then mm-hmm. um i forgot who was the next year but the song was called ignite and that song i still hear it today and then this last year they did they did a virtual k-pop group with um an artist called okay. madison beer and a couple uh-huh. other people um but but those songs all completely blew up so what i, I would want to see them um focus more or like have a, a dj be kind of the center point and him produce like an insanely epic track if with maybe not just him maybe with other people maybe like a conglomerate that does it i don't know but i just want an edm an edm track to be like just the centerpiece um for league of legends worlds to be the the theme song for it because because once that happens like that that, that's going to help push it forward so much because it's just going to get played over and over and over and over again and it'll be set in people's minds and whoever gets that is going to like uh-huh. pop off e- probably even more so than they already are or if they're like not as known they're gonna get definitely get shot up straight up in popularity you're giving them quite a few ideas there i think <laughs> well i hope they take them <laughs> you you must copyright them or, or bring the suggestion official to them. yeah exactly <laughs> so that was it that was it this is our wrapping up of of uh, gaming and raving and th- both these cultures coming together I hope you guys enjoyed it, and if you did, please uh, like, share uh, the podcast uh, with your friends, whether they're gamers or ever, so now we can expand in, in both worlds ourselves. And uh, also, please comment, and what would be your 
suggested collaborations and, and are you aware of any other examples, especially from the gaming world that we missed out, that collaborated and brought out uh, uh, EDM or dance music artists in the past? So please leave some comments. If you're an anchor, just leave us some voice messages and uh, I, we, we can play them on a, on a separate podcast or uh, we can make a recap video at some stage or a recap podcast. Now I would like to give a shout out to Kid Benji because he's been, I know he's going on holiday, so he's been super patient and I'm really, really thankful for you being here today. I know it's very early in California right now, so we have a time difference. So thank you very much for coming. But would you like to introduce to my podcast listeners your podcast and where can they find you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so my name, as you guys know, is Kid Benji. Uh, I do a podcast called the Weekly Anime Episode Podcast. And as the name implies, I talk about the weekly anime episodes that premiere every single week. I do about 10 shows. Uh, yeah, it's a ton of shows that I watch on average. And you can catch me every like Tuesday, Wednesday is usually when I post. And I'm on Anchor and every other podcast platform. I prefer if you guys listen to me on Anchor because you can listen to specific segments so you don't have to listen to the whole thing. And yeah, it was a super awesome experience to be on here. I, I, I am so passionate and I love EDM. I love gaming. So it was kind of a you know, natural reaction to want to come on and talk about it. So I had a lot of fun. Like This is, this is really awesome to do. Thank you. Uh, and I think you guys should definitely, if you like animation or animated uh, or anime, Japanese anime, definitely check out Kid Benji's uh, K-I-D-B-E-N-J-I uh, podcast on Anchor, as he said, because it's super fun and super detailed and you can keep up to date with reviews and what's going on in the anime community and with the latest shows. So this is where I found Kid Benji and then we start talking uh, because, well, I love anime as well. And we can do another podcast about dance music and anime community. Yes, we can. Together, yeah. Uh, in the future. And uh, definitely, definitely check him out. And so thank you very much, guys. And this is me signing out. Take care. See ya. Thank you very much for listening and taking the time to spend it with us. You just heard another episode of the Freak Beats EDM podcast. This is a talking podcast about EDM with an attitude and opinion. There's no safe spaces here, guys. So if you like electronic music and you don't know what's lead or deuce in the scene or where to start, we can help you. As always, we appreciate any feedback, what you like, what you don't like, what kind of uh, themes or subjects you'd like to listen to. All shows are uploaded and can be found on YouTube since the very beginning of the podcast about two years ago. So come and say hi, or even better, subscribe to our music podcast. So you can watch us on YouTube and beat shoot in the channels with the same name, Frickbeat them Podcast. You can join our Facebook group for some discussion. Follow our tweets as FreakBeats underscore cast. You can hear us on SoundCloud. You can mix us up on MixCloud. You can feed your podcast hunger on iTunes and all other major podcast apps, both on iOS and Android. You can read our blog on Tumblr or listen to our monthly Spotify playlist. So just follow me there as IS underscore 23.